Welcome to the Next Level Brands Podcast, where we share stories about the food and CPG world with experts in the trenches about how to build a successful brand today. Now, your host, G. Stephen Clear. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us here on the Next Level Brands Podcast. We're brought to you today by Kitchen to Shelf, the educational arm of Next Level Brands and providers of online and in-person courses and workshops for CPG entrepreneurs at any stage of growth. If you're selling on a regional basis at farmers markets or just online, and you want to expand your retail distribution, then you should look into the courses and webinars from Kitchen to Shelf. Want to learn more about distributors, co-packers, using trade funds? Kitchen to Shelf can help you learn what you need to know to grow. More details at kitchentoshelf.com. That's kitchen, the number two, shelf.com. I'm welcoming to the program today, Shannon Roddy, and Shannon started actually working with Amazon in 2012. He's worked as both a seller and a consultant. In fact, the first company he was hired to work with experienced a 400% increase in sales in the following month, and he's just gone on continuing to discover more solutions for brands that are selling on Amazon. Beyond consulting, he's also expanded his services to include the Marketplace Seller Courses. He has worked with over 85 brands and vendors and startups in order to help them launch grow, and as important, protect their sales on Amazon. We're going to cover a lot of that ground on the program today. So welcome to the show, Shannon. Steve, thanks so much for having me. Um, you know, it, it's funny because you and I have been known each other for a little while, and uh, we were, you know, big Amazon proponents, I think, uh, you know, obviously pro-COVID, or pre-COVID rather, yeah. but also even yeah. even before that. And, um, and And I'm feeling a little bit of vindication now, finally. So... You know, it's, it's, it's this, instead of yelling out in the darkness, cause it was, it was so great to, you know, originally talk to you because it was like, oh my God, somebody else thinks like I do. So maybe I'm not crazy. Um, right. but, but clearly Amazon has taken a prominence, um, that certainly you and I didn't envision pre COVID, but particularly right. for CPG, for food, beverage, small goods, you know, whether that's jewelry or even fashion or whatever, um, Amazon is now this whole thing. How, how have you seen that evolve? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you can go back to our conversation at Fancy Food Show, you know, just going around and talking to different uh, food brands. It was this idea that some people are very receptive. They understand Amazon. Uh, some people are doing pretty well. Maybe they've hired an agency or consultant. Some people aren't on Amazon but are curious to learn more. And then you have a large percentage or at that time had a large percentage of people who go, we're just not interested. And that education, that understanding is so important to, to say, you know, to step back and say, let's look at it from a 30,000 foot vantage point. Amazon is not just an e-commerce channel. And I always tell people this, it is a branding channel before it is an e-commerce channel. Right. And you have to understand it's a search engine. 65% of new product searches start on amazon.com. It's like saying, I don't wanna be on Google. And what people have to realize, especially food brands, because it's so easy to acquire inventory and to resell it on Amazon, if you're not representing your brand well on Amazon, somebody else is gonna do it poorly. And it's not enough to say, I don't really wanna be on the platform or I'm not interested. Um, you have to have brand presence. You have to protect the platform, even if you're not looking to make that a primary sales channel. And right now, a lot of companies are. Yeah, and it, it's funny that um, there is some resistance, and, and Shannon's actually being very fair out there, audience. Um, at at the Fancy Food Show, I actually had some people 
that I wanted to introduce him to. And, and I, I did this big setup and whatever, and he got over there and he starts talking to the, and the, and the guys just shut him down. And <laughs> it was really, I was so embarrassed. It was like, but they were like, no, we're Amazon. Don't want anything to do with it. And it's like, okay, no, seriously, uh, it's the world's biggest Walmart. So what, what is it that you, you don't understand? And, and, and that, that's pervasive, I think, amongst not just among CPG or food and beverage, but I think among yeah. a lot of people within business. But you know, I've I've had people I've worked with who um, or, or talked to that have a product that maybe it's in glass jars, and they go, mm-hmm. "Oh, I can't do Amazon's in glass jars." And I'm going, "Right? Do you know how many billions of glass jars are sold products by Amazon every day? Yeah, uh, you gotta, you kind of gotta get over that. So, you and I have talked about different people at different stages of where they are and whatever, but let, let's talk a little bit about, you know, how does a food brand approach Amazon? So, so brand building, but uh, what are the other things that if I'm doing food or beverage that I want to look at specifically for the Amazon platform? So food is really critical. And, you know, I'd preface this with, you know, something that I've, I've experienced which is that a majority of brand owners, and in this case, uh, in this context, the majority of food brand owners are making decisions about Amazon based on partial information, bad information, or no information. And we all know that people make decisions emotionally and then rationalize them later logically. Well, the challenge is if you don't have the information to back up the logic, then you're really just making an emotional decision. But those are the exact same things that a customer does in the store of deciding whether or not they want to buy your product. It's an emotional decision, and then they rationalize it later. And so what I think people need to understand is, especially a food brand, there's three major components that you need to take into consideration. Number one is 65% of the new product searches starting on Amazon. So new customers are looking on Amazon to find products that they want. And they're, a majority of them, uh, of the sales on Amazon, are coming through the search bar and they're using generic terms. You know, it's like 85 to 90% of search terms are unbranded. So they are looking for gluten-free cookies, or they're looking for allergen-free granola, right. you know, or, or keto snacks, right? They're not putting in the brand. So what that means is you really need to understand how to position your product and your brand in front of those customers in order to get that traffic to your listings. And so, so, so new customers is one. The second thing is understanding that distributors look on Amazon and distributors will go on Amazon to look at your product reviews and the sales velocity to decide, do I even want to carry your product as a distributor? And, you know, especially to, you know, as you expand into retail and want to grow, which a lot of newer brands do, distributorship is going to be important. Most people don't think about and realize, hey, Amazon is going to be a critical platform that they're actually going to look at to make the decision of whether or not they want to take our brand on as a distributor. And the third, equally important, is those end retailers. And a lot of times we're talking about, you know, not mom and pop shops, but bigger, um, you know, big box retail, which even though it's being challenged right now, it's not going away. Retail is not dead. It's not going away. It's not dying. Um, It's going to change and it's going to evolve. But retailers will go on Amazon to see not only the product reviews, but mostly what they're looking for is violations of map pricing. So minimum advertised pricing. And if you're looking to get into, uh, you know, let's just say Target, for example, and your map pricing for this product is $15.99, but it's being sold by third party resellers for 
12.95 and $10 or you know $5 or whatever right they're going to actually pull the plug and say no go get that cleaned up and come back and i've talked to companies they were literally weeks away from launching into big box and the um, buyer went on amazon saw the lack of control and the lack of um, you know map pricing enforcement enforcement and distribution enforcement and pulled the plug and they lost that deal so those are the three big things that any food brand looking to get on Amazon or looking to grow needs to consider um, in order to make educated decisions. And part of the, I mean, part of that challenge too is is that you, um, I, I was looking at something this morning actually, which was a Costco Kirkland brand product, which was on Amazon, not not cheaper <laughs> than it is, right, right. Being, but but obviously a, a third party reseller doing their doing their job. Um, but if I'm, you know, if, if I'm smaller or, you know, maybe I, I've thought about Amazon, but I haven't really done it yet and you know, whatever, I mean, what does it bring to the table in terms of, of, you know, determining success or what, what are food companies, what should they be looking for to really make Amazon worth the investment in time and effort? Yeah, it's a really good point because you have to do it right. And a lot of people waste so much time, money, and energy trying things that don't work. You know, much like my early, you know, early years experience of social media, for example, or funnel building. It's like I just tried everything, and it's sort of like firing a shotgun while blindfolded, and you're just hoping something works. And that's really the last way you want to do it. You can be very concise and very executed. And I work with like great content providers, for example and people who are experts at listing optimization and graphics and photography and advertising, who they know exactly how to position your product, your brand. And again, those are things that we teach in our courses, but the whole idea is you can cut through all the clutter and the confusion and the mistakes and do it correctly with just the necessary investments. Um, but you know, it, it really like, people always ask like, what's the silver bullet, Steve? Like, what's the silver bullet? you know, to be successful on Amazon. And I always tell people there's not one thing. It is doing, I kid you not, 128 things right. And yeah. knowing what those things are and how to do them well, that has to be part of your game plan. Because if it's not, you know, you can do 127 things right, but that 128 thing, if you don't do correctly, like sending automated feedback emails, for example, yep. you have the chance or the potential of having your listing suspended, which is very real and happens all the time. So it doesn't matter if you did the 127 things correctly. If your listings or your account gets shut down, you have to know what the essentials are and how to make sure that you are, you know, successfully, again, launching, growing and protecting your brand on the platform. So one of the things that that I, I've struggled with a little bit with with some clients and other people I work with from who are students, whatever is this idea, the concept of, I, I need to list on Amazon. I need to figure out, okay, am, am I going to be um, fulfillment by Amazon or am I going to be vendor fulfilled? I don't want to lose my customers off my website. Um, how do you, how do you approach that when you're talking to people? So let's, let's break down the different platforms and then let's break down the different um, fulfillment options. So the first thing that a lot of brands have to consider is vendor central, known as 1P or first party, and seller central, known as 3P or third party. And typically, especially if you're a younger brand or emerging brand, vendor central isn't even gonna be an option for you. Like they've got thresholds, 
um, <laughs> that they're not even going to look at you. It's invitation only. Right. So that basically cuts people out for Vendor Central. More importantly, if you do have the option to choose between Vendor Central or Seller Central, my personal preference and recommendation for majority of food brands, with the exception of beverages, which we'll come back to, is Seller Central. And there's three key sort of components in terms of uh, control that you get it from Seller Central that you don't in Vendor Central. And that's control of your inventory, control of your pricing, and more control of the customer experience and the customer service experience. With Vendor Central, basically, Amazon issues you a PO, you send inventory, you obviously help create the listings, but beyond that, Amazon does everything. They price the product at whatever they want to. Right. Excuse me. They price the product at whatever they want to, um, and they will handle the customer service whatever way they want to, and it's their inventory. They can choose to do whatever they want with it. With Seller Central, it's still your inventory, and you can ensure that your map pricing is set. And we see a huge migration of brands going from Vendor Central to Seller Central for that reason. But but from the two platforms, that's typically the recommendation. And in terms of beverages, the biggest challenge is it's hard to be profitable on Seller Central because it, the shipping costs so much. Like right. Water and liquid is heavy, and especially if they're in glass bottles, it's it's expensive to ship into Amazon and to have that fulfillment by Amazon, uh, you know, pick and pack fee. Um, in which case, Vendor Central is really the recommendation, uh, specifically because of the challenges with profitability on Seller Central. But it's still possible. Now, but for so that everyone's clear, Seller Central does not necessarily mean that you are going to do the fulfillment. You can be Seller Central and be fulfilled by Amazon. Correct. So now we get into Seller Central. And again, this is more using Amazon as the platform, as a sales platform, where you are the seller of record. Vendor Central, it's going to say ships from and sold by Amazon. Through Seller Central, it's going to say sold by your brand name and fulfilled by Amazon or sold by and shipped by, you know, from your brand name. And so, so the two options within Seller Central for fulfillment are fulfilled by Amazon, typically referred to as FBA, or fulfilled by merchant, which we also just say FBM. Right. And so the benefit here is if you're using FBA, you're going to ship your products in bulk to Amazon, whether it's case packs or for larger companies, palletize, and they're going to go to Amazon's fulfillment centers. Amazon will distribute them out across the country. That's what enables them to do cost-effective two-day shipping, right? Because they literally have them in every state across the country. They've got, you know, over 100 fulfillment centers. And and Amazon is going to charge you a pick-and-pack fee every time they ship it. Not necessarily a shipping charge or whatever, because the pick-and-pack fee is the same. But, but Amazon's goal is really to deliver that product cost-effectively to the customer. Right. Regardless of which option you choose, choose Amazon is going to charge you a 15% referral fee, right, for the category. If you choose fulfilled by merchant, you're really shipping the product directly to the customer. So Amazon's saying, hey, this product's sold. Go ahead and ship out two of these units to, you know, Joe Schmo in Idaho and, uh, you know, make sure you do it within this time frame. And a lot of customers or, or, or brands will say, hey, that's a benefit because we don't have to ship to Amazon. We don't have to pay their pick and pack fee. So this is actually going to be much better for us to do merchant fulfilled. And this is, again, getting all the information to make the right decision. 
fulfillment by Amazon will drastically increase sales. And I've heard estimates, everything anywhere from 400 to 500% increase by using fulfillment by Amazon. And the reason is because 80% of Amazon Prime customers like myself who love getting free two-day shipping, we will filter by free two-day shipping, which means if your product is merchant fulfilled, it doesn't even show up in my search results. I never even see your product. And meanwhile, you're like, hey, we're doing great. We got merchant fulfilled. And once people turn on FBA or fulfilled by Amazon, they're typically going to see an increase in sales. The products are going to rank higher organically and the conversion rate is going to increase because customers trust FBA. They know they're going to get the product in, in that timely fashion. And regardless of who the seller is, they know Amazon's going to deliver. Right. And, and, and Prime is also very, very to, to, you know, to have Prime is critical to the decision-making process as well. I mean, it, it, and so FBA obviously gives you that and qualifying Correct. for prime FBM is, is tough. And, you know, and, and as far as I know, during, you know, during the pandemic, it's been damn near impossible to get them to even consider you, um, you know, they just, the way they kind of shut things, shut things down from that standpoint. But that's, yeah, that's correct. And that, and that option is called seller fulfilled prime or SFP. Yeah. But again, you have to earn that right over time. You typically start out regionally. Um, you know, we've had clients that have done it. A lot of cases it's invite only again. So there's that exclusivity level. So what you do is do what you can do. And as you get those opportunities, then you can investigate of whether or not they make sense for you. Um, one other thing, Shannon, let's just touch on is um, the other pushback, not so much now, but it, it, I've had it in the past. And that is, is that, oh, I, I can't be on Amazon. It's too expensive. They take right. too much. They take too much money. And right. my, my comeback to that always is, is uh, do you work with a distributor by any chance? Because, right. <laughs> because I, I've yet to see a distributor relationship that is you know, less expensive than, than Amazon. Can you talk a little bit about what the costs are in total for dealing with Amazon? Yeah, so let's hit that from a couple different angles because this is really critical. Um, profitability is one of the biggest challenges that a food brand will face on Amazon. Um, and there's a couple ways to mitigate that. And so even before we get into the fees, just understanding that you have to do the research ahead of time to know what your actual per skew profitability is going to be. And there's some great tools out there like Seller Scale that you can sign up for for just a low monthly fee. Put in your cost of goods, put in your overhead, and it'll automatically look at everything in terms of your inbound ship. You, you know, you add your inbound shipping costs, and it takes all the referral fees, the Amazon fees, the FBA fees, your advertising fees, and it will give you your per skew profitability. So there's things that you can do ahead of time to go, hey, let's let's make sure we we start on the right foot. Um, and that's and that's really once you have your account set up and running is use use it to like seller scale. Um, the other thing that you can do is what's called the FBA calculator. And this allows you to go in and actually play with weights and dims and different multi-pack sizes like a two pack or a three pack or a you know, variety pack, whatever right. the case may be, put in the weights and dims, put in the different price and Amazon will tell you exactly or very, very closely what that estimated FBA fee is going to be. But really in terms of Amazon, you've got your, in terms of costs, you have your basic fee of $39.99 a month, right? That's Amazon's professional selling plan, which you have to do. Um, and then you've got your cost of goods, obviously, 
You've got inbound shipping, so whatever it costs you to get that product to Amazon, to their fulfillment uh, centers. Yep. And then they have typically what they just call a pick and pack fee. So every time that product sells, uh, Amazon's gonna charge you a standard pick and pack fee based on the weights and dims of the product. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then the last thing is the referral fee. Like I said, that's 15%. And typically that's gonna be on the total price of the product. So if you've got a discount or a sale, Amazon's gonna take 15% of what you made from the customer purchasing the product. So those are the, the hard costs that you need to consider. Again, if you're doing advertising, you need to weigh the factors of advertising in. If you're having an agency manager, Amazon, you need to take that into account. And I've honestly worked with companies who have been selling on Amazon for several years and they go, at the end of the day, I actually don't know if I'm making money. I, I, I may be making money on Amazon, I may be losing, like I send a lot of product in and they send me money, but they haven't actually looked at everything on that per skew level. And that's so vital because yeah. look, nobody wants to run an unprofitable business. No. And Amazon's so complicated that you need to use tools to help make it simple so you understand what your bottom line is. And as one of my favorite clients likes to call it, beer money. Like, yeah, yeah. Amazon gave me a deposit of $100,000, but do I have any beer money left over at the end of the day? <laughs> when I'm done. <laughs> um, Shannon, how important um, do you consider having a registered trademark so that you can do brand registry? Uh, so number one, vital, and not just because it gives you brand registry, but it protects your trade name because if you don't and somebody else decides willy-nilly to create the exact same brand name and they go trademark it, you may be forced to change. So first and foremost, just to protect your brand, just to protect your trade name, which is the whole point of the trademark, it's absolutely critical. Make sure that you protect your home base. And I'm amazed. Again, I talk to companies three, four, five, seven, ten years into their business, and they go, yeah, we thought about getting a trademark, but we, we haven't gotten around to it. Okay, get your trademark. And wow. the three things that I tell people to do before you get on Amazon or as you're in process, get a registered trademark, get GS1 UPCs, which most food brands know you have to have to be in retail. Um, and then make sure you have an e-commerce and social media presence. I would highly discourage a company who's getting started to say, you know what, let's start selling on Amazon first and then we'll get our website up and running. And again, I think this goes back to have something, a domain or a dominion that you control where you do own the customer, where you do get the email address and you can retarget those people and start to build your brand awareness and your audience engagement, something that Amazon can't just shut down you know, next week or next month because you missed a shipment or because a customer complained about one of your products and Amazon shut the listing down, right? You wanna have your home base secured. And so that's why I say the three essential staples of success for a food brand on Amazon are registered trademark, GS1 UPCs, and e-commerce and social media presence. Absolutely, and I, I think it's, um, there's a company I know of that has been have, had a bit of a struggle trying to get the registered trademark and in subsequent conversations, I think they got tired of me asking them. And I finally right. said, you know, you've only been in business like, you know, two years. If you can't get the registered trademark under that name, you should probably consider changing the name of the company and then get right. one that you can register because it's going to be right. that critical. Now, uh, folks who may not be aware, so brand registry in having a registered trademark design mark with Amazon gets you an ability to A, B in brand registry, which then gives you also the ability to have a company store, 
which is a whole other aspect to you know, living on Amazon and succeeding in Amazon because the company store allows us to do a lot of stuff with advertising and content that's not available otherwise. And so that's, that's to me, is critical too. If you're going to be on, you should, you should have a store and you should be telling the brand story on there and you should be having videos and enhanced content because it right. only makes sense, right? We're going to go forward. How, how, how do you see that for, is that different for food products? I mean, I think even health and beauty aid products. You'd want to be brand registered. You'd want to have a company store. Just yeah, absolutely. If you want to be successful on Amazon, brand registry is critical. And so again, you know, there's a resource that we can, I can give you the link to put in the show notes, but it's called Amazon's IP Accelerator. Right. And okay. what the IP Accelerator is, is Amazon's, you know, networked with a half a dozen or whatever uh, IP attorneys, IP intellectual property attorneys, and they can actually do the trademark for you if you don't have a trademark yet or don't have a trademark in process. They can start the trademark process for you. But the benefit is instead of waiting till your trademark is fully registered, which can be anywhere from nine months to a year, depending on what their backlog is and what the challenges are and if anybody disputes it, right? Um, they can actually get you brand registry within as little as 30 days. Wow. So the okay. benefits to be able to do your storefront, your A plus content, your branded videos at the top, Amazon's offering all these benefits that again used to be exclusive to Vendor Central, now are available through Seller Central, and with the ability to, um, you know, to own and control your brand. There's one other piece I want to mention about this, Steve, and it's not something that's often talked about, but so critical for food brands, and the reason why a trademark is really essential. And that's this topic of distribution enforcement, okay? So right. you can't control really who sells your product where or what they sell the price at, especially if they bought it somewhere off the shelf, unless there's what's called a material difference. And so what we do with food brands is we walk them through this process of creating a framework for distribution enforcement on Amazon. So it's a legal framework for distribution and enforcement on Amazon. And it all starts with the trademark and your trade name. And the idea is if you offer some type of a warranty with your product, whether it's a satisfaction guarantee sure. or a product recall, something that a reseller is not going to be able to participate in, you can actually create what's called a material difference between the product that looks just like your product, right? It is technically your product and the product that you sell on Amazon and actually create from a legal standpoint a material difference. And this gives you the ability to actually go after and identify these resellers and legally remove them from Amazon, even though Amazon's not gonna get involved with this, right? All of this happens outside of the eco, the Amazon ecosystem, right? using companies like BrandGuard or Enforce to identify the resellers and send these cease and desist letters. But, but we see for food brands, again, Distribution enforcement is such a challenge because over the last 10 years or so, this reseller market has just grown huge and people found like, I can buy these products on discount at the grocery store using coupons, I can resell them on Amazon, and it doesn't matter whether they're selling them for less or more, both of those are bad brand perception, right? Say the first time somebody comes across your product and instead of the $15 that you sell it at, it's 37 they're going to be totally turned off by that because some reseller decided, let me see if I can get some crazy profit margin off of this. And having that trademark and the distribution enforcement strategy 
so critical to maintain your minimum advertised pricing, not only across Amazon, but across all platforms. And that protects you as a brand owner. It protects your retail. It protects your, um, you know, your Amazon listings and it protects your, you know, your buy box and distributors across the board. Yeah. And something that you absolutely should do. I mean, it's, it's, um, particularly if you are also wholesaling your product, right? So let's hundred percent, right? So, so you're a natural food product, let's say, and you're with UNFI. Well, if you're in the UNFI catalog, anybody that buys from UNFI can buy your product. And if your wholesale is low enough, they can repost that on, on Amazon and, uh, make, you know, a good, um, a, a good bit of not as much profit as you're going to make off it, but they don't yeah. necessarily need that. And then the other place you can go is, as you mentioned too, which I've done uh, recently for a client that their product was showing up with a seller on eBay who was mm-hmm. basically doubling the retail price of the product was, you know, almost double what it was on Amazon, but the guy's on eBay and it's like, what, what is this doing here? And that yeah. doesn't give people a good sense about your brand. So you want to obviously try to control that as much as possible. Um, Shannon, one more thing about in, in terms of brand registry and having the store, mm-hmm. rumor, rumor has it um, that, in fact, your organic search improves vastly by having both of those things. Uh, it's a good question. I haven't tested it or heard that rumor or looked at it, but I think that whether or not it's true, just having brand registry, having A plus content, for example, or branded videos on your listing will increase the conversion rate, which will increase the sales velocity, which will increase your organic ranking. Do you know what I'm saying? So even if it's not like, oh, you have brand registry and guess what? You're going to rank higher. It does play into that um, Amazon flywheel, which we can talk about next, of what determines your actual success on Amazon. Yeah, where that goes. Um, yes, let's. I'd love to talk about flywheel because because it's a great concept and it's one that not everybody grasps. But um, you know, let's let's try to shine a little light on it. Yeah. So you know, again, the flywheel concept came out of Jim Collins' book, Good to Great. J- Jim actually taught this to Amazon employees in the early days, and that's where Amazon came up with their flywheel, which was lower prices attracts um, more resellers, uh, which in turn increases the product offerings on Amazon which in turn increases the number of customers who visit Amazon. And as they spin that flywheel to reduce prices by building better, more efficient infrastructure, um, they became the most dominant e-commerce platform in the country. Well, for a brand owner selling on Amazon, it looks a little differently. But again, there's so much clutter and confusion. I want to kind of cut through all that and just make it really, really simple for people. Okay, there's only three things you have to do to be successful on Amazon. You optimize your listings. You launch products and then you analyze the results and then you go back and do it again you take that analysis to make more optimizations to launch more traffic and then analyze the results and so that is really uh success on amazon at its most simple uh, simple core in terms of the concept but you know there's a hundred things that you can do to optimize your listings correctly like doing seo keyword research adding a unique value proposition in the listing doing um, enhanced images and infographics. And we talked about this, you know, making sure that the back of the product, you know, a lot of people will just uh, photograph the front of the product and then the back of the product. And a customer has to like zoom in and try to read the nutritional information on a crinkly bag that's like poorly lit and or like a round jar, right? Which is almost impossible to read. So 
take, you know, you've got the label that you sent to the, uh, you know, the label maker. Sure. You know, go ahead and put the label on in its original PDF form in a way that's readable for customers because that's what they want to see. Like there's a hundred little nuanced things that you can do to mention the features and the benefits and to display uh, the benefits of the product to the customer in ways that represent the lifestyle of the brand. And as you mentioned, telling the brand story. So it's all of these things that go into listing optimization. And then the launch strategy is really driving targeted traffic. And a lot of that internally has to do with running Amazon advertising and Amazon campaigns, but it can be done externally from social media, whether organic or paid. You can take part of your email list and drive traffic to Amazon. Like there's a hundred different ways to do it but it's more important to understand the concept and understand how to do each of those things really, really well. Um, Shannon, I wanna talk about advertising a little more in a minute, but I also wanna mention here because um, something that's, that's I think is, is gained more importance recently, and that is the concept of attribution. Can you talk a little bit about attribution and how that works? Yeah, so Amazon has a Amazon attribution program, which is currently in beta, and I believe, again, it's, it's invite only. But the idea of attribution is simply where are your sales coming from if they're not coming directly from a sponsored product you know, ad. ad. Um, and so one of the nice things that you can do if you are intentionally driving traffic to Amazon is with that branded storefront, again, only available if you have the trademark and get brand registry, um, you can add what is called a source tag. And that source tag could be Facebook ad or uh, Instagram or you know, uh, email blast, or maybe you're using a, a micro influencer um, to promote your product. And you can put that tag in and give that tag uh, either to an influencer or give it to your social media team uh, as they do paid advertising. And any traffic that's driven to the storefront from that source, you'll be able to see exactly how much revenue you generated through that link. And so again, the ability to know where your sales are coming from if you're specifically driving traffic off, you know, from off Amazon to on Amazon, really, really critical. Um, again, Amazon attribution, their goal is to basically look at everything holistically in terms of where are all of your sales coming from. But again, that's invite only and not everybody's going to have access to that. Yes. And um, luckily enough, one of my, my clients um, was invited to that this last week and we've signed up for it and we're doing it because it was something out of the anal um, analysis puzzle we were missing a little bit. And part of that was because the way that their business is structured, um, they drive, basically drive people from social media directly to their Amazon company page. They don't, are not really concerned about people visiting the website. They have a website, right. they have a, a commerce part of the website. But if you are a consumer looking to buy that product and you end up at the website, the first button you hit takes you to the Amazon company page. Not, right, not, not right. gonna, not gonna, uh, you know, risk any clicks in between. Right. But now we'll be able to actually look at how many people went to the website and then went to Amazon, mm -hmm. and and where else, and to you know, person whose background is in you know marketing advertising, that's like the holy grail. You mean yeah. you mean I can I can put this piece of content up and I can tell whether or not it actually drew people to Amazon. This is great. This is going to be a lot of fun. So. Yeah, um, we'll absolutely. I mean, it's what Google ads did to revamp, you know, marketing spend is like we're spending this much money on television ads and we're spending this much money in, in magazines and this much money on billboards, but we don't actually know where the sales are coming from. And similar to Amazon advertising now, 
you can know exactly how much money you spent and exactly how much sales you made, even if you know a customer clicked that product and then decided they wanted to buy one of your other products, maybe that was part of a variation or you know another flavor or size, sure. um, and they'll show those sales, those related product sales as well, and you can get a very accurate ROI, what's called an ACOS, yep. uh, in your advertising. And ACOS just stands for Acquired Cost of Sale, and a 15% ACOS means you spent $15 and you generated $100 in revenue. Uh, in revenue. Exactly, and and if and if if your ACOS uh, you know scares you a little bit, let's talk about your lifetime customer value, and then see mm-hmm. if it bothers you quite as much. So, but now we're on advertising, so let let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, a lot of people find ad- advertising, um, or the consideration of advertising on Amazon to be a little confusing. Um, I'm not objective about it at all. I'm like the world's hugest supporter um, <laughs> because, again, old advertising hack is you're telling me I can spend a dollar one click away from the sale. Well, that's right. where I, that's where I want to spend that dollar. You can keep the billboards, you know. Right. I, I, I let's spend it there first. So, talk to me a little bit about how you approach that and with your courses and stuff, what you tell people about advertising on Amazon. So, so similar to the flywheel. You don't really want to spend money on advertising or ramp up advertising until you've really optimized your listings. Okay, so that's why we say optimize then launch. So make sure your opti- your listings are optimized. Make sure the titles are strong, the product features are solid. You've got A plus content or at least HTML uh, product descriptions. Make sure you're using all of your images, infographics, lifestyle images, that sort of thing that you're telling the story and showing customers easily and quickly why your product is better, why they wanna buy it. Um, Once you have that nailed down, then you wanna start spending money on advertising. And one of the things that we see with a lot of companies, they go, oh, our conversion rate is amazing, it's like 50%, you know? And 50% is insanely high, but what that means is the only people who are going to your product listing, they already know about your brand. They were were looking for you, and they're just going to buy. Right. so understand that your conversion rate is typically going to go down, but if your conversion rate is like four or five percent, no, you need to optimize first before you start driving more traffic. And if you think about it, we took a listing uh, company we were working with, an olive oil company. We optimized their listings and went from a nine percent conversion rate to an eighteen percent conversion rate, and then drove ads. Well, think about how much more effective that advertising is once you've doubled the conversion rate. You just you know, doubled the effectiveness of your advertising. So in terms of advertising, the root of it really comes down to good quality SEO keyword research. Okay, you have to do SEO keyword research. And let me lay out really quick another foundational principle that I've created called the Amazon trifecta. Sure. So the trifecta is discoverability plus buyability equals rankability. And discoverability means how does a customer find your product and starting with how does Amazon's a9 search algorithm even know what your product is if you don't tell it so you can't just say oh we're bakers uh, cookies or whatever right that's right. that's like your brand name but is it gluten-free is it certified organic is it keto like we have to know that information and we have to tell Amazon this is what it is and so discoverability starts with SEO keyword research my favorite tool for that is called helium 10 They've got a great tool that will allow you to go on, look at your competitors' products, ah. put in root terms, uh, you know, like organic cookies. Okay, let's see all the terms that can come up for organic cookies, right? We do the keyword research, 
and we look at the most highly searched relevant terms that describe our product. And that's what we want to focus on. That's what we want to include in our titles. First and foremost, we want to sprinkle those throughout our product features. And then we want to add the remaining words that we have not used in our title into what's called your backend search terms. And what's so cool about that is Amazon will then put those all together and go, oh, I know what this product is now. And Amazon's A9 search algorithm will then index it. And the next time somebody searches for organic gluten-free cookies, your product has the ability to organically rank for that, right? Amazon indexes it, right. and then you can show up. So, so that's discoverability. Buyability is once they click on that link and go to your landing page, do they want to buy it, right? So again, that's the listing optimization. If they click on it and want to buy it, add it to their cart, check out, boom, they get it in two days. Now that impacts rankability. So if somebody searched for gluten-free cookies, found your listing, clicked on it, and bought it, your listing over time is going to increase organically for the term gluten-free cookies or organic cookies, whatever the search term was. And the, the challenge for especially new brands as they're emerging is they're on page 20 or 10 or 15 or whatever. They're not even anywhere. Right. So they're like, how do we even get clicks if nobody even gets past page two on Amazon? Right. And the key, the answer is, advertising because even though somebody's clicking on a paid ad amazon still understands the relevance wow a hundred people clicked on gluten-free cookie you know searched gluten-free cookie and clicked on this ad and bought this product this product is in fact relevant for gluten-free cookie it converts well well what does amazon want to do they want to show the best converting product for those keywords and that's typically where you see Amazon choice badge, you know, for gluten-free cookies. It's because that's the product that gets the most sales, the highest conversions for that search term. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's such a great, it's such a great tool in terms of, you know, uh, being able to figure out either using third party or even, you know, SEO, even going through yourself. And I mm -hmm. talk to people about all the time is to go to your competitors reviews and see what their consumers describe the product as. Sure. And if those words aren't in your SEO, they need to be because sure. maybe they just look at it slightly differently. Um, and, and folks, Shannon and I are going through an, an awful lot of stuff at this point, and I know not everybody out there is there going, what was that? ACOS, uh, FBA, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> so part of the reason that, that, that Shannon started doing courses is uh, for Amazon is much the same reason that I started doing stuff for retail, which is to sort of take away a lot of this confusion and stuff and, and get you, you know, get you going. So Shannon, can you talk to us a little bit about the marketplace seller courses and, and what people can look at out there? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, again, I, you know, five years ago, I've been doing this for eight years. I've, I've worked with over a hundred companies and 30% of those have been food brands. So that's why I connect so well with the food space. I know it well. Um, I'm working with a couple food brands right now. Um, we help, you know, one revamp and launch in, uh, like I said, in March and April. And even though they got a bump from COVID, right now they're up by 450%, right? Just by doing listing optimization and utilizing FBA and just, just nailing down these basics. Um, so the, the whole goal of the courses is to take all the complexity out of it and make selling on Amazon simple. And whether you want to do it yourself or do it with help, because we also offer coaching, or even hire an agency, you need to be able to drive the bus. You need to be able to know what a good strategy is or a bad strategy. 
and you need to be able to vet the people that you hire or work with or bring onto your team right. to handle Amazon for you. So it's really getting all that insight and knowledge from a high level strategy all the way down to the practical. Here's a video tip that shows you exactly what to do and how to do it. And we literally cover everything from your storefront setup, your listing optimization, your launch uh, phase from product reviews, uh, advertising, um, partnership marketing, promotions, um, to advanced seller issues like distribution enforcement. We cover all that. Uh, suspension, prevention, and reinstatement, and one of the le sort of least sexy ones, but really important, is flat file templates. How do you create a flat <laughs> file template to upload your listings to Amazon? People have problems creating a parentage. They want to redo the parentage. They just don't understand all these things, and I guarantee, Steve, you can waste a hundred hours searching Amazon, oh, yes. going on YouTube, Facebook groups, forums and stuff, and not getting the answers that you need. Wouldn't you rather get it all in one place from a credible source that's going to be in line with Amazon policy and brand centric? Absolutely. So where do, where do they find it, Shannon? So that's going to be at marketplacesellercourses.com. Um, but I know we've got a, an offer for, um, for, for your brands and stuff. And we've got a free mini course just for food brands. It's a great 15-minute course. It's going to go through high-level overview of all the main things that are so important for food brands. We even have a, um, a special download that's available that will give you information on how to put in things like the expiration dates, which, again, a, you know, the shelf life, because, again, a lot of companies get this wrong. There's a lot of questions about that. You can ask questions in the course, um, but it's just a free 15-minute food brand uh, mini course. And I will make sure that you, uh, you know, you guys can have the link in the show notes for that. But uh, highly recommend signing up. You'll get uh, access to our email list um, to get email updates and that sort of thing. And from there, you can discover if the full Amazon Brand Success Academy is a good option for you based on where you're at with your business. And and we'll also have that offer for you folks, not only in the, the mailing regarding the podcast that we that we usually do, but it'll be on the Kitchen to Shelf website for you as well once the program is aired. So I certainly suggest for a whole bunch of people that I've had conversations with that, again, um, you've heard a lot of this, the, the positive aspects of being on Amazon and stuff from, from me till, you know, you probably don't want to hear it anymore. Okay, now we have an expert who's just told you the same things. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something that, that should be looked into if, again, if, if your goal is that you want to be, I, I want to be in, in, in every major grocery store in the United States someday. Okay, but guess what? Being being success in Amazon is not only a validation of that, uh, it is also the world's biggest Walmart and, and you need to be there. And as important to that is it's a validation to people that you're going to go to to distribute your product later. When you're talking to a Walmart or a Kroger or whatever and you have the number one item on Amazon in that category yeah. – I, I sure. and, and sometimes they'll say, oh, no, we don't we don't really care how you're doing on Amazon. And that's just a load because they do care. <laughs> they watch it every yeah. single day. Every category manager looks to see what's the number one thing on Amazon. Why don't I have that in my stores? It's it's very important. Yeah. So we'll do that for people. Um, yeah, it's proof of concept. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And it just it just works with it. What's uh, what are some of the things? Um, let's talk about some things that you maybe necessarily can't control the total outcome, but you need to be aware of. And and I think the number one thing for that, Shannon, is reviews and what happens yeah. with putting your product out there. And, uh, you know, can we talk a little bit about the review system? Can we talk about what things are now available? I know there was some stuff shut off during COVID, but what's mm -hmm. the situation mm -hmm. now with reviews and how do you best handle them? 
Yeah, it's a great question. And especially with food products, right? Because it's so subjective, specifically when it comes to things like flavor or the texture. I mean, those aren't things that you can control 100%. But there's a couple of things in terms of resources. And again, if you really want to understand product reviews, I did an hour and 20 minute podcast um, with Liz Fickinger of Ecom Engine. And you can find that at the Marketplace Expert uh, podcast everywhere podcasts are found. And, and if you look at the one on product reviews, you will literally be able to understand everything about product reviews, what's allowed, what's not allowed, literally the history of product reviews. And that's important to understand because it gives you context for where Amazon is going. So, so, so as kind of a, a good precursor research, uh, resource for people who want to learn more, but you know, product reviews are gold. Okay. It is the social proof and specifically, um, you know, validated product reviews, right? If somebody has yeah. uh, purchased a product through Amazon, it becomes a verified purchase review. Right. That is so critical. And again, I would rather have five, five star reviews that were all verified purchase than a hundred two and a half star reviews that were like verified and unverified, right? The quality is more important than the quantity and you can't control what customers say about your product. And unfortunately, you can't give away your product in exchange for reviews anymore. You cannot ask friends and family or other people who are part of your company or have a vested interest in the brand right. to review your product. You really have to rely on customers' honest feedback. But the best way to do that, number one, in the listing, give the customers all the information. Make sure that you're providing all the information. And if your product contains allergens, key allergens, mention that explicitly. If the product has to be stored a certain way or should be used within a certain time frame, mention that ahead of time. We call that pre-customer service. That will result in better reviews. Keeping resellers off of your listing, also a critical way to yeah. protect reviews from resellers selling product that was expired or wasn't stored properly or shipped properly and a customer gets a product and it's a box of broken cookie crumbles, right? <laughs> So once, once you've made those sort of infrastructure uh, changes, then it's really using a tool like uh, my favorite, obviously, is Feedback 5 by Ecom Engine. And you can send customized, beautiful, branded emails that even highlight some of your brand features, the product features. Um, if it's a product that can be used in recipes, give them a recipe in the email and sign off as the brand owner, not just some generic thing. You can even put your picture if you want. Make it personalized. Cre take that opportunity to create an emotional connection with the customer because even though they're Amazon's customer, they're going to fall in love with you as a brand. And that's the goal, to build brand equity on Amazon. So asking for that product review by being generous, by giving them helpful information ahead of time is the best way to get product reviews. There's also things like product inserts and other things that you can do. We've got free mini courses on those as well. But but the goal is you have to have your listings optimized. You've got to control the platform. And then if you want to review, you have to ask and you have to systematize it, but personalize it so that it's really coming from a real person and make the tone and the feel and the language the way you would if you were talking to a customer in the store and they just buy your product and say, hey, thank you so much for buying that. Hey, would you mind giving me a product review on Amazon? I would really appreciate it. And that's all you have to do, but it, yeah. it really works and it makes a huge difference. 
Absolutely. And it's, it's a lot of fun to, I, I love to read some of the, the people that really get creative with reviews as well. And, you know, it, it just adds. And by the way, that's also, again, your reviews as well as competitors is good source for uh, SEO is to look at, you know, we, we don't, we see our products, we have an idea of what our products are, we have our positioning, but sometimes a consumer out there sees it as something else. And it's like, wow, I didn't think about that. But if that consumer is searching for it with, with those words, then that means there's others out there too. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, and not even for, not only for SEO, but even just for the, we talked about product features, even the order of your product features, a lot of times brand owners will just say, oh, here's five things about our product, but they never consider what order they should go in. The order that they should go in is the, to, to the extent of the weight that the customer cares about them. And the way you can do that is by searching through, again, your own product reviews and your competitors' product reviews to seeing how much those keywords come up and how frequently they're being used. And you may say, oh, I thought gluten-free was the number one thing. Actually, gluten-free isn't. It's the fact that it's travel size. People love that it's travel size. Right. So that actually needs to be our first product feature. So again, that analysis part, so critical because that analysis goes back into that optimization that we talked about for the flywheel. And it's it's also important, I think, to 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 not um, there's a certain aspect where if you are direct to consumer at this point and you have an active website and you're feeling really good about it, um, optimizing yourself on Amazon doesn't cut out that relationship that you're having with your customers. I mean, it it, right. it, it doesn't. You can you you obviously can't you know try to bring people back to at least you know, from a theoretical standpoint, to bring people back to your website to buy as opposed to buying on Amazon. But if you have a company store on Amazon, if you're brand registered and it, it represents, it's going to represent, it's going to be your biggest account or it should be right. if you're doing it properly. Right. Um, you're not going to lose that relationship. You're actually going to enhance that relationship. And, uh, and it gives you, you know, that much more exposure for, for the brand and for sales as well as uh, on social media and stuff for people to be able to get to feel that relationship that you want them to have with your, you know, your brand and your, your products. But um, that's awesome. Shannon, hey, I, w- I want to thank you so much for, you know, taking the time today. Um, Shannon, by the way, Marketplace Seller Courses, that's all one word www.onthefront.com on the back and you can go find out some information. We will have the link for the free brands course will be available in the show notes as well as our pre-show mailing and on the Kitchen to Shelf website as well. Um, Shannon, you know, I, I try to just always place my guests in a, an uncomfortable spot, but, but <laughs> you, you can't escape this. Um, you're an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. Our audience yeah. is mainly entrepreneurs. Um, if you could take one topic or one word of advice or piece of advice to pass on to those folks out there trying to build those food and beverage brands right now, what would it be? You know, it's such a, it's such a good question. I I think that really the things that I'm learning the most about now is a lot of people know their purpose, their why, why they created that, you know, and I love Simon Sinek and start with why and a lot of that stuff. But you know, one of the books that I'm delving into is brand story by Donald Miller. And I think being able to tell your brand story and connect with audiences is so critical because it honestly, it does not matter how good your product is. If you can't communicate your message effectively and know who that audience is. 
And so for me, that's something like I'm listening to the audiobook on Audible right now and just like, oh my gosh, it's so helpful because it just takes away all the clutter and all the confusion. And you need to tell your brand story effectively on your website. You need to tell it on your social media. You need to tell it on your packaging and you need to do it on Amazon. And so I would say that's probably one of the biggest keys is, you know, figuring out what your brand story is and who your target audience is and how to communicate that messaging because it will literally impact and determine the success of your business um, from a brand standpoint. Absolutely critical for growth and absolutely critical for survival. I think that's great advice. Yeah, absolutely. And especially um, especially in today's day and age, um, that's probably been made more critical in the last two or three months than we ever sure. thought it would be. Um, maintaining those relationships and having that information out there. Well, thanks again, Shannon. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, We will have Shannon back on the program again at some point in time. uh, And hopefully by then, uh, a lot of people in our audience will have sorted some stuff out and uh, be on Amazon and, and take some courses and get a better understanding of how this all works. Steve, thank you so much for having me. It's been my absolute pleasure. Appreciate it so much. And thanks for all of you for joining us here on the podcast today. Our podcast brought to you by Kitchen to Shelf, the educational arm of Next Level Brands and providers of workshops, webinars, courses, group, and one-on-one coaching for CPG entrepreneurs at any stage of growth. If you'd like to know more, check out the details at kitchentoshelf.com. That's kitchen, the number two, shelf.com, what you need to know to grow. This is Steve Clear, and we'll see you all. Thanks for listening to the Next Level Brands podcast with G. Stephen Clear. Learn more at next with two X's levelbrands.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for the Next Level Brands email list or subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode.